0: Welcome to this edition of Cause Collective Radio on KZUM 89.3 Lincoln and KZUM HD. This is Jason Varga with Cause Collective, and thank you for joining us today. This show was created to highlight the great work done by many of Lincoln's nonprofits who are members of Cause Collective. If you'd like to learn more about Cause Collective, We hope you can find us at our website at causecollectivelincoln.org. And while you're there, there's a big button on the top right called Community Outreach. There's three things under there. We'd love you to engage in our radio show, which you're listening to now so you know about. And our board match page, if you're interested in joining the board, there's a list of our members there that you can uh, see who is available to join. And then our In Common community newsletter, it's a free newsletter that comes out once a month that you can learn more about all our members and what they're up to. So today, enough about Cause Collective, today we are joined by Rhonda Mattingly, the Executive Director for Bridges to Hope. Welcome, Rhonda.
1: Thank you, Jason. It's always a pleasure to be here.
0: We're ecstatic to have you back. Tell us a little bit to start about yourself, uh, how your journey of getting to Bridges to Hope and why you do what you do, maybe.
1: That's kind of an interesting journey, Jason, because um, I was uh, previously running a domestic violence and sexual assault shelter in Norfolk uh, for several years and came to Lincoln and I worked at the university doing... um, budget business coordination and realized that numbers was not my gig. <laughs> <Fair> I, enough. <laughs> I, I needed to be back working with the population, working with people and serving people. And uh, it was interesting because in my interview, Harlan Bear, uh, rest his soul, he is um, was one of our board members and one of the questions he asked me was how... I felt like I was gonna be able to serve this population of inmates when serving domestic violence and sexual assault victims were um, victims of those perpetrators. And uh, Mm -hmm. even back in, in Norfolk at the domestic violence agency, we had a better accountability program because I believe wholeheartedly that you have to address the entire situation not just one side of it. And it's always been a belief of mine that um, you learn what you live and you live what you learn. And so those perpetrators that have abused others most likely had been abused themselves. And so it was almost full circle for me because I also did child protection and safety work. Hmm. And so it was almost full circle working with um, the perpetrators and the abusers and then realizing that not everybody that's incarcerated has uh, an abusive history or an abusive charge. There's a lot of people that are incarcerated that have um, issues with mental health, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, um, substance use issues. And so for me, it it is, it's just coming around full circle, getting to work with an entire population of um, situations that hopefully we can uh, come up with a solution for.
0: That is wonderful. So you're, I've, and you've been there a while and this is where we met when yeah. you started there and you have just done a, a great job. So I feel like that's kind of your home.
1: Well, thank work you, Work home,
0: I should say. But
1: Yeah, I started yeah. in uh, 2015. So about seven and a half years.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. time flies. It does.
1: <laughs> and, and I obviously um, enjoy what I do. It's a passion of mine um, because I'm still there and I don't feel like it's a job. You know, Not I that. get up every morning and I get the honor of serving others. And when it feels like a job and when you drag yourself to work, that's when it's time to leave.
0: And that has shown with, you know, we'll get into in a little bit the successes that you've had there. So that's exciting. So for those who don't know, give us a little background on the the, the mission and the history of Bridges to Hope.
1: Absolutely. So Bridges to Hope was founded by Pastor Bud Christensen. He and his wife, Muriel, uh, he was a a minister pastor at the penitentiary and he realized that these guys were being released with nothing more than the clothing on their back. And so he started collecting items, he and his wife in in their garage and their garage became quite small quite quickly and um, branched out and partnered with Lutheran Family Services for a short time and uh, got a warehouse where they could collect these furniture, clothing, and household items. And um, they had housing at the time too, uh, provided some housing for these reentrants. And um, Lutheran Family Services decided to go in a different direction, but uh, Pastor Bud and his late wife Muriel could not let this cause die. They knew that, that it was so important. And so they started Bridges to Hope on their own um, Bridges to Hope became incorporated in 2009 and received their nonprofit 501 status in 2011 and has been going ever since. And the whole purpose of, of Bridges to Hope is to um, alleviate some of the stress that men and women face upon reentry. Um, they have so many obstacles. Uh, How are they going to find a job, you know, somebody who will hire them with a record? How are they going to find somebody who will rent to them with a record? So on top of that, a lot of times they find a job and they find an apartment, but most of the time the job pays for the rent, utilities, and hopefully some food, but it's not going to furnish their place. It's not going to furnish their home. And so Bridges to Hope provides those tangible items and we get those items from generous community members, such as yourself. If you have a a couch or a chair that you're switching out, you know, give Bridges to Hope a call and within the city limits, Lincoln city limits will come and pick up that furniture for you. Um, And then we distribute it to the men and women at no cost to them.
0: Nice. And I... I honestly don't remember. I've donated a few times. I don't remember. But that, for me, my favorite part was the pickup. Yeah. So At the time, I didn't have a truck or anything. And, and I didn't know that. And I say, like, Ron, I think I called you or yeah. talked to your staff. I've got this big thing, but I can't get it. Oh, we Will, come pick it up in your cheerful voice. Yep, <laughs> that yep. Was, so that, uh, for those out there that people can't move, uh, keep that in mind. They'll come pick it up and arrange a time to do that. So that, it, it is cool. difficult
1: if, if you don't have a way to get stuff yeah. to us and everything. And we did have a truck that was donated to us uh, from Dickie, Hines and Muir uh, nice. shortly after I started. Um I'd seen it for sale, and I said, "Hey, you know, we're a nonprofit. We don't have any money. You want to just donate it?" And they said, "Sure." (laughs) And so God bless them. But uh, it was a a pretty old truck, and she has since died. And so we are looking for another truck, uh, box truck to um, come pick up that furniture. Right now, we're just relying on our volunteers that have pickup trucks and trailers.
0: Well, I'm glad you mentioned that. You you never know. But yeah, I emphasize that because that. Is often a barrier for people to donate it bigger items, um, yeah. and that's a great place to donate. So let's, now that they have a good idea of what your focus is, let's dig into the details. I'm excited about several things, and how I like to put it, it's kind of your claim to fame at Bridges to Hope, which is Bud's Thrift Shop, which I've perused, as oh, you yeah. know, several times as well. Uh, so. so Let's hear, tell us the history of how that idea got started and where you're at now and where people can go to to shop to help support. Absolutely,
1: absolutely. Bud's Thrift Shop is amazing. Um, So how that started was when I first started, uh, we were passing items on to other organizations that would turn around and sell the the stuff. And uh, I knew that we needed sustainability and I thought, why not keep it for ourselves and open our own thrift store? But uh, problem, um, I have experience with nonprofit and management. I don't have retail experience. <laughs> and so, you know, it was an idea and it was a dream. And then uh, um, Norm Leach, one of our longtime volunteers, brought me an article in the paper one time. Had Kathy, her her picture was up there. Mm. And uh, she had owned a consignment store, Fashion 2 Consignment, for 30-some years. Mm. And uh, she was closing her store. And so, being the little stalker that I am on these situations, and I, I use that word very lightly, or lightly so <laughs> please don't you, you know take me <laughs> literally. Um, but contacted her and asked her, you know, what she planned on doing since she closed the store. And she said, you know, maybe uh, I thought about nonprofit. I said, oh, guess what? We're nonprofit. And I told her my idea and asked her if um, she would mind, uh, you know, come into work for us. I had a part-time office assistant position available and invited her to come and work for us part-time as an office assistant to get to know who we are, who we serve, you know, what our philosophy is. And Mm -hmm. she, she did, she came on in um, 2016, I believe it was. And uh, a year and a half later, we opened Bud's thrift shop together and it was right out by Bridges to Hope. And so horrible location, you know, it was uh, no walk-in traffic um, and just word of mouth, but you know, we got it opened, and we brought in maybe you know a couple hundred dollars a week. Um, but then I found uh, I, I did a presentation with a uh, men's uh, Bible study, and one of the uh, guys that was there owns property downtown, twenty two twenty six O Street to be exact.
0: Nice. And
1: <laughs> he uh, he worked with us. It was it was a wreck, um, but I had negotiated with him. Um, Dean Hillhouse is our landlord and God bless him as well. I worked with him and negotiated and said, hey, if we fix this place up ourselves, can you, you know, give us a break on the lease cost? Because it's prime property down there. Yeah, And... Uh, again, you know, we're poor little nonprofit. We can't afford this. If we do this, will you do that? And, and he agreed. And so graciously, you know, we have um, put our own sweat equity into Bud's thrift shop and fixed it up. And, and Kathy and Tina and Cheryl volunteers down there. um, They have it amazing. It's more like a boutique than it is a thrift shop.
0: That's nice.
1: And we're so excited that um, this last year we, you know, covered all of our expenses and were able to raise an additional ten thousand dollars for Bridges to Hope. So it's definitely going in the right direction. We definitely need people to continue to donate uh, right down there by the college. Any college students, you know, bring us your clothes and uh, switch it out. You know, um, buy something and donate something.
0: I think, in fact, that's funny. I was just going to mention that. <laughs> my latest espresso machine was from there and it was, it works perfect. It nice. was like almost brand new condition. Yeah. And I just wanted a kind of new look. So I, I brought you my old one. Yep. And I, I remember I that. Donated and I bought the new one. I was like, oh, it was, it was. Yeah,
1: it was, I remember that. I cleaned it up, Jason.
0: <laughs> you probably did. <laughs> I, I did my best. I didn't think that I did warn you. It's like, I, I'm not a cleaner.
1: It w- but, it was
0: fine. Oh, um, like well, thank you. I yeah. like to tease you. You should. <laughs> but it's, it's a great place of, uh, Something you can pick up, something new, and support a wonderful nonprofit at the same time. So stop by there. And you said 2226 O Street. Yep. There's a big sign right on O Street.
1: Yep. Bud's uh, Thrift
0: Shop. Bud's thrift and we shop. named
1: it Bud's after the founder of Bridges to Hope. Everybody wants to see Bud. They're like, where's Bud? Where's Bud? And it's like, well, you know, we just named <laughs> it after him. He doesn't work here.
0: Uh, fair enough. Yeah. He's done his part. Absolutely. For sure.
1: We wanted so. his legacy to live on.
0: Yeah. So that. Uh, well, and he's I've,
1: still around and helping, and he stops in. He? A, like, oh, oh, yeah, he, he stops good. in a lot, and he is a still a big contributor and supporter and good idea person. So that's he's awesome. still around. He's just not at the store every day.
0: Sure, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, he's a good guy. So, uh, yeah, as I say that to me in my head, that's your claim to fame. You just did a great job with that. But you're also working on something new and exciting. Uh, we wanted to, to chat about a little bit in progress um, what I like to call tiny home village, or we all like to call it, I should say. But I, what you've told me about this idea, I just love this concept. So let's start sharing the word about that.
1: Absolutely. So we're in the planning phases of developing a tiny home village, which will consist of 20 small homes ranging from 200 to 500 square foot. And I got the idea through... Um, John Turner had invited me to speak at a NIFa conference and Pastor Dan Bryant from Eugene, Oregon was also a speaker. And he talked about his tiny home villages and he's got several in Oregon uh, for general homeless population, for the veterans, for um, those that have been incarcerated. Uh, and they just, they are so successful. And I said, why not Lincoln? you know, let's bring it here. And um, that, was, that was clear back in 2016, 2017 and, and got together with city council members and a local developer and talked to the Neighborhood Association, working with the Mental Health Association, Casey Parker, mm-hmm. um, just collaborating with a lot of people, including the Department of Corrections. So the Department of Corrections, um, we're, we're talking about having them build inside the facility. So Jeremy with Cornhusker State Industries, mm-hmm. uh, we've been working with him as well. And we got on a roll, a pretty good roll, but then I did have some personal health Issues that kind of set us back for a couple years, but we're back in on track and uh, looking at some property now. We don't have the property secured as of yet, but um, it's been through uh, uh, planning commission, zoning, and use permits, and in the surplus process. And so we have um, submitted a proposal for the property, and hopefully, uh, you know, soon we will know whether or not. We have the property. And once we do that, we're still looking to partner with other businesses, um, contractors, plumbing, heating, air conditioning, um, um, concrete work, roofing, all of that that needs to be you know, done in a build like this. Um, we believe that the more partners we can get on board, the more of a, a city project this is, the more successful it's going to be. And it, it's not going to be transitional housing. It's going to be permanent supportive housing. Nice. Uh, Valerie, our office manager, and myself, we have gone through the uh, state certification process for peer support. And then again, working with uh, Casey and the Mental Health Association. So we will be able to provide that support to all the residents and it will be open to general homeless population, um, veterans, homeless vets. Um, The priority will be those that have been incarcerated. Um, But if we have additional houses and we have a need, um, we're definitely going to fulfill that need. So uh, really excited. Um, They'll have their own village council so that uh, they'll be responsible for their Um, maintenance and safety of the village. Um, Uh. The donation center will have a community center slash Bridges to Hope donation center. So Bridges to Hope will relocate and be on site to oversee um, the village to also ensure the safety and and maintenance. Um, The community center will have a a kitchen so that they can still have... birthday gatherings or holiday gatherings. Um, oh, nice. You know, cuz they can't really fit too many people in that tiny home. Sure. And uh so they'll have their village council meetings there and then also have a coin-operated laundry facility so that they don't have to drag their laundry all over. But each individual home will have its own kitchen and its own bathroom so that um you know, alleviates some of the risks involved with communal Bathroom facilities. Yeah. So super excited to be working on that. Um, still need some some big support. Um, sure. You know, looking for the financial contributions and um, whatever support in kind. Uh, we hope to go to the big dogs, Home Depot and Lowe's and Best Buy to get in kind donations of appliances, furniture, that kind of stuff. So just make it a huge community
0: event. That, yeah, That's amazing. You just rattled that off out of your head so well. <laughs> you've really done your homework. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't, I don't know the field enough to know if you missed anything, but I just can't imagine you've missed anything. You've done a great job on that background. How helpful was it to have a, a successful model in Oregon to look at first?
1: Extremely, extremely helpful. And, um, you know, uh, John Turner got me uh, connected with Uh, Pastor Dan and Pastor Dan has been amazing. You know, he's given me all kinds of suggestions and um, you don't have to reinvent the wheel when it's already created. And he's happy to help out because um, it is such a successful model and it is permanent supportive. So they will pay a dollar per square foot if they have a, a 200 square foot home will be $200 a month, that's very affordable, Um, but then they'll pay their utilities, and their lease can be as long as they want, as long as they're abiding by the agreements that they uh, agree to upon entry, they've got a permanent,
0: affordable house. I love that, that's permanent, so Mm -hmm. they want to stay, but they're not, of course, tied to it either, you know, when they're ready to go, they can have, someone else can use it. Yep. And I like that you're utilizing the the empty ones, too, not gonna uh, have any I'm sure you won't have any empty houses in there. That's a wonderful.
1: Oh, I think the mental health association, the Hanu house could probably fill it up today. If we had them. Sure.
0: you yeah. know,
1: they're doing such yeah. good work too. And they've got uh, 25 beds, I believe at Hanu house. And, you know, they all need a place to go permanently when they leave there.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And there's one more thing I wanted to, well, I know you, we both wanted to talk about cause I'm going, I'm excited Yay. about this. You have a an event coming up Pretty soon, I'm drawing a blank on the date, but I'm sure you won't. I don't
1: draw a blank on that one. That's <laughs> August 19th, That's Friday, right. and it's uh, begins at seven. The event begins at seven. It's called the Second Chances Matter Concert, from seven to nine p.m. However, we're going to have food trucks. We're going to have Motor Food and Fly Dogs and Kona Ice out in the parking lot, um, beginning at five o'clock. So. If you want to come out and grab something to eat before the concert, um, socialize a little bit, and we're going to have all kinds of different raffle prizes, so you can participate in our raffles. We've got Husker volleyball, football, and basketball tickets to give away uh, with our raffle, and we have um, Chef Brandon Christowski is our keynote speaker. And the story with him is when he was a teenager, he was pinched for dealing dope and faced a judge. And he was looking at five to 10 years in prison, but the judge gave him probation. And so he took his white privilege to good use. And he's now opened up culinary programs in 13 prisons in Ohio. And he has a restaurant. It's called Edwin's uh, Restaurant and Learning Institute. It is a very expensive, high-class French restaurant. And the only people he hires are those who have been through his culinary program. So only people that work there have felonies. And um, Director Frakes has agreed to let us go into RTC and tour the kitchen and have discussions about what would it look like to start culinary programs in Nebraska prisons.
0: Oh, that's great. I didn't even know about that. Super,
1: super exciting. So he'll be here Thursday and taking a tour and meeting with um, some restaurant owners and Um, Metro Community College and possibly Southeast Community College. You know, we're working with all of these people to try and get this culinary program up and running. Um, It's pretty cool, too, because I believe it's the Cleveland Browns who donate the tablets that they use (laughs) inside the prisons. Um, So he'll be the keynote speaker. He has been nominated for an Oscar for his documentary Knife Skills. Which talks about the culinary programs inside the prisons, and he also has won the silver plate award. Which, if anybody knows anything about chefs, that's like up there with Wolfgang Puck and the nice. big the big dogs, you know, of chefs. And so, um, he's a pretty busy guy, and we're very blessed to have him come. Um hoping that he's gonna uh, come and cook for my husband and I, Dave. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that should be a perk, I think. Right. A, a, a allowable right. perk. Yeah. yeah,
1: but he's also uh, donated a, a gift basket. So that will be some mm. one of the raffle prizes. And um, the big raffle prize is a four-night and five-day stay oceanfront condo at Myrtle Beach. Yeah, how that's can you pass guy, that up? That's a good mm-hmm. prize. Yeah, definitely. Oh, so then, the other part of our concert is um, Nashville musician Ben Fuller, and y'all need to Google him because he's got some good stuff. He's on tour right now throughout the United States, so nice. he's he's getting he's up and coming and getting pretty big too. So we were also blessed to get him when we did. Um, he's got his own story of addictions and justice involvement. And Director Frakes, again, is allowing us to do two concerts inside the prisons. We're going to do inside the penitentiary and then inside RTC. So Ben Fuller is going to be busy that day. He's going to have like a Johnny Cash concert at NSP and RTC and then a third one in the evening. So very busy, but super exciting. You know, we need to have this positive stuff going on with our corrections department and there are a lot of good things going on. People just seem to see the the negative and focus on that. So we really wanna shed light on all the positives that are going on.
0: Absolutely, yeah, I'm excited for that. And I think the concert's at seven.
1: Yep, yep, seven to nine.
0: uh, What I learned today is the food trucks are there at five. Yep. So I guess that means I'll be there at five. There you
1: go, (laughs) there you go.
0: So where can they learn either more about that event specifically or just Bridges to Hope in general?
1: Just go to our webpage, BridgesToHopeNE.org, and check out our events page. Check out everything else on our website. Please don't criticize the website. It's my design and my work. <laughs> I'm not a web not developer. Really
0: <laughs> no, you've done a nice job, But it's actually. got
1: the information
0: you need. No, it, it does look <laughs> nice. It's very clear. It's easy to find. I found okay. the event in a few seconds, oh, so good. you're doing good. Good. All right, we have about uh, one minute Oh, wow, that so. went fast. I know this is going to be hard, but I, my favorite question is to tell us a favorite client success story that you've had at Bridges to Hope in your time.
1: Absolutely. Um, you know, and and this person is actually a volunteer for us now. Um, and it's it's heartbreaking, and I, I'm about to tear up every time I talk about it, but his earliest childhood memory was of his uh, father beating his mother to death. And so um, what I always say is you learn what you live and you live what you learn. And so this poor boy uh, at four years old um, going through a number of different foster homes, some of Mm. them all not always the best. Um, How do you not expect him to reach out to gangs or other activities and end up where he did. And he is totally accountable for all of his choices and decisions. And he has turned his life around so much. And he um, has a full-time job. He's a, a great person, a great human being. And he's helping me so much with this concert. He uh, um, does our videos for us and and everything. So, uh, so proud of him and so blessed. Um, the first time he came into Bridges to Hope to, to get stuff, I, I visited with him and had a conversation with him and I just knew he was going to succeed and he was going to do some good things and, uh, and asked him, hey, would you ever want to speak with me? And he's gone with me a number of times to different presentations and everything. So i um, very, very excited to see the success stories. That's Very awesome. touching. Yep,
0: that's exactly what you're there for and it shows mm-hmm. the power of that. Just that support right? to have someone uh, to, to support you on that and being there. And then there's material goods, all that. That's perfect.
1: And to so. believe in you and show you that you have worth regardless of your past.
0: Exactly. That's yeah.
1: what Bridges to Hope is all about. Second chances, it's what we do.
0: What a perfect line to go out on. <laughs> That's excellent. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much, Jason. That's all the time we have. And thank you for listening and coming in and sharing all your experiences with us. And thank you listeners for listening to Cause Collective Radio on KZM 89.3 Lincoln and KZM HD, Lincoln's Community Radio. For more information and to listen to this podcast, you can visit our website at causecollectivelincoln.org.